0: life force, the Yahai, is manifesting in all these different aspects. So in a tree, you've got got the roots, you've got the bark, you've got the, the branches, you've got the leaves, and you've got the fruit. So all these things are all part of Yahai. And then what happens when it dies? Is it still Yahai? Well, if you think of it as as a cycle of life that this requires kind of thinking in a bigger sense, because after it dies, then the next phase of life comes in and cleans it up and turns it back into dirt, which becomes the source of life for the next tree or branches or people or whatever comes out from that. So there's a a cycle going on here. There's some great, um, great documentaries and you can see one of them is about uh, fungi you know the how they live and how they how they take over something that's dead and give it life again from a completely new perspective they not only that but with the trees there's many trees that their roots if there's like a, a forest or um, or any kind of uh park or anything the the roots connect with each other and the trees all know what's going on with each other so it becomes a community where they're passing back and forth nutrients and information about what's going on with the soil what's going on with the climate so there's a communication going on and this is another aspect of the life force so you can i'm just i'm riffing on the idea of what that one name might be about. And with each name, and there's 99 names, this can take you into all these different places to explore and learn about Allah. Our job, if you will, why we're here, is to know Allah, to praise Allah, and to be close to Allah, and and learn to, to love Allah and to trust Allah. So these are ways to do that, that according to your intelligence, uh, your, your form of intelligence is a way of getting to know Allah. your best way. So if you think about the different kinds of intelligences, whether it's analytical, kinesthetic, visual, aural, geometric, or emotional, these kinds of intelligence, you have a proclivity, a a strength, and you have some weaknesses. So you use your strength to to get to know Allah and use that to help you work through your weaknesses as well. So getting to know Allah, uh, I'm going to start with Hafez, read you a little poem. Uh, It's called So Many Gifts. There are so many gifts still unopened from your birthday. There are so many handcrafted presents that have been sent to you by Allah. The beloved does not mind repeating, everything I have is also yours. Please forgive Hafez and the friend if we break into a sweet laughter when your heart complains of being thirsty when ages ago every cell in your soul capsized forever into this infinite golden sea. Indeed, a lover's pain is like holding one's breath too long in the middle of a vital performance. In the middle of one of some of the creation's favorite songs. Indeed, a lover's pain is this sleeping, this sleeping when God just rolled over and gave you such a big good morning kiss. There are so many gifts, my dear, still unopened from your birthday. Oh, there are so many handcrafted presents that have been sent to your life from Allah. Nice, huh? So, talking about getting closer to Allah, and I mentioned the names, and of course, poetry, Hafez, and also what is right in front of you. Right in front of you is Allah. How you look at it, or what you're looking for, is what you'll find. So if you're looking for Allah, you'll see Allah because that's where your focus is. If your focus is on stress or worry or or judgment or criticizing others, that will be easy to find. But if you're looking for Allah, it's a little change of attitude and a little change of focus. But Allah is always there. And in this universe, which is 13.8 billion years in, in its current state, that's span of life. Okay, there we go. <laughs> there's, there's 13.8 billion years, and your life, let me see if I can find where that, no, sorry, I, it's hard to see it. Compared to the thirteen eight billion years, it's uh, sorry, it's really hard to find. So, the the thing is, is that we've come from Earth dirt. We come from dirt. Why? Because it's humble. It's humility, and that is the best way to come to Allah is through humility. Because from humility, it's much easier to reach love. Love comes from humility. And this is because your heart is open. It's easier to have an open heart that way. So uh, comments or questions so far?
1: Yeah, It's a a big one so I don't know if it's maybe for later but one of the questions that came up for me recently is if you're focusing on humility and being, you know, focusing on love and being humble and all that then is there a Place in that though for striving and for like excellence, how do you marry or how do you find is, is that from Allah or is that only from NAPS? You know, wanting to be, um, wanting to do the best that you can with something.
0: I would, I would say doing the best you can given what you got to me is that's art that's the art of living
1: so humility doesn't mean it's not the same as um, being sort of small or making yourself insignificant necessarily I guess is what I'm I'm asking doesn't mean that you give up that drive to act towards excellence or do you know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, I do. And there's a the other part of that is um, there's there's that, and then there's the idea of surrender. That they're, yeah. they're they're kind of connected in the sense of like, what I should just let go the steering wheel and let the car go where it will. Is that surrender?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like sorry. Yeah. I guess I'm I'm seeing that in terms of more of you know the 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 life the car is your life kind of thing. You know. And so being humble and trying to uh, listen for Allah's, in a you know, direction, um, but then not letting that, in a way, being an excuse, you know, that might be a bit too harsh. Yeah, but yeah. Letting everything go and go, oh, well, it's all up to Allah, you know, whatever happens.
0: Yeah, that's a misinterpretation of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, because yes, you are responsible for what is given to you. Yeah, it's in your hand. If it's in your hands, that's your responsibility. Sure. If it's your job to, you know, take care of an uh, an auto engine or be a lawyer or a, a service operator of some kind, that's your job. You do it the best you can.
1: No, that that's okay. Well, what if it's not your job but you feel like maybe it should be well, that feels like i'm starting in the NAFs territory. So yeah
0: that's I'm that's sure. going over into the territory
1: <laughs> yeah I, I guess i'm talking about sort of the role of ambition is, is ambition completely from the naps or is there a part of you that sort of knows has a feeling that that there's something that, that you've got to give or to be that you could be That wants to fulfill that potential. Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, I do. And the way that I approach that is um, to go for it, but in the sense, uh, in this, uh, with a humble or humility in your heart to know if this is nefs or not, it's still going to be a learning situation. You're going to learn something. You may Mm -hmm. learn. and it's gonna take you somewhere. And the idea is you're trying to follow Allah's directions. This yes. may be that, and it may not be, but one way to find out is to do it. Okay. And and you may end up in a completely different way, or I bet something is gonna be learned.
1: Either way. Yeah.
0: Either way. I'm sure. Yeah. And, and and this idea of once again. Trusting Allah and trying, doing your best and going, okay, Allah, I'm going to follow this because I feel, I feel impelled to to do this. I feel a lot of energy here. So I yeah. want to do this. And then, you, you know, and what we do as Sufis is we go, we try and get an inner and outer confirmation. Yeah. An inner confirmation is you may have a dream, or you feel it in your heart strongly, or or, or it's something that you feel really close to, and an outer confirmation is you get the job, or you get you get kudos or or approval that this is going well. So then you know depending on what what you're going after. I think is is how we learn. You know, there's a number of things I've spent years trying to get to work. And it isn't about the things themselves as it is, you know, as we talk about it's not the destination, it's the journey.
1: Yeah, but there's always that illusion isn't there that once you get that thing that everything will be fine and will be done.
0: Yeah, it's of course. And, the, and, and there's, a, there's <laughs> a part of us that knows, yeah, no.
1: No, it's not it's actually going to work that way. <laughs> right. but, but at the same time, if you never try, if you don't go down the road, you don't know what's on the road.
0: That's right. And, and if you're open to learning whatever that's going to teach you, it's going to be okay. It's going to be you get the juice from it. Yeah mm-hmm. um, <laughs> This one screenplay I'm working on I'm rewriting it again Starting from scratch You know And I don't know This is about the 12th year Working on it And getting awards for the script But then you know It's not good enough So Rip it apart, start again So it's kind of like there's You know also my symphonies and my books my stories lots of stuff years and years in the making and it's about the learning and i enjoy learning it would yeah. be nice to have a thumbs up at some point but yeah you know okay uh salaam alaikum Rukhaya. anything you wanted to add here
2: like I'm a salam. yeah um sorry i'm a bit sick Um, I was just thinking, like, earlier on what you were saying, is is basically like the trusted Allah but tie your camel sort of thing of you go, okay, yeah, so Allah wants me to do this thing. Obviously, once you make sure it's not my brain wants me to do these things, my nest wants me to do these things. Um, But the tie your camel is do your best.
1: Yeah, no, tr- trusting Allah, I got no problem with it. It's trusting myself that I have
2: Yeah, but it's it's about like it, it's about going further than just trusting Allah in that. So it includes doing your best, it includes um respecting what Allah gives you and all of the amazingness that comes with that. And yeah, honouring it.
0: Yeah. Uh and there, the 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 distinction is, and this comes up almost all the time, with me anyway, if I get this, and there, there's the, the nests in there, if I can do this, and I get the approval and the rewards from it, aren't I great? If that starts happening, then you know, that's, that's not right. This yeah, is all about Allah, and if Allah wishes this happens, it's all, you know, it's all in the law's power. I have no power. I can set my sights for a certain harbor. Whether I get there is up to Allah. I guess it's interesting to like,
3: be able to differentiate between the words of Allah and the words of your lust. because if you're in your brain, thoughts sound the same, right? There's like, so being able to Like I I think if there's certain situations that I'm in and I it's outside of my control and I've been given something which I didn't strive for but I'm grateful for because I'm just happy that wow, I didn't ask for this, but I'm blessed to get it. That's cool. But then there's another voice which will be, I deserve this, which is starting to get a little bit tricky, and then there's another voice which is once there's the deserve well, I'm, you know, I, I worked hard for this and I, I deserve it. And then there's another voice which will say, um, I need to hold on to this. And if this is taken away from me, I'll be miserable. And then it's like, well, which one is really the voice of Allah, right? Like at which point has it turned into my ego or my nafs versus something which was given to me by something which is beyond me and bigger than me?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a very thin line between the nefs and Allah and what you're choosing. If you start saying, if I is involved in the outcome, oh, look what I did, then you, you've, you're you you in nefs land. When you go, okay, I finally made it through, or I got here, or I didn't make it, I do the best I can. It's a law's world, it's a law's time, and I am just, uh, you know, I am just a servant of Allah and I'm trying to get, <laughs> to do what I think I'm supposed to do, the best I can and, and leave it to Allah to, to be your guide. And that's another thing, is having, having guidance for both internal and external that that's very much needed to be able to bounce off of, of someone who has your, your spiritual um, concerns in in regards. So that's, that's important too, because sometimes we can't see the whole picture. And stepping back or finding a different way to see, because we have many different ways To visualize or shift our attitude or perception and being able to to look through different lenses to see where we're at in regards to these different activities that we take on. Okay. So your heart has to approve what you're doing. I've tried many times to go against my heart and do what I think is supposed to be done. And usually that ends me up in all kinds of trouble or that creates dis-ease. There is ease and there is dis-ease when you don't feel comfortable. Um, And that's when your heart is not approving. So learning how to hear your heart, uh, to me, this is one of the finer arts that very few people actually engage in, which is learning how to listen. Listening is a very high form. Stravinsky says, ducks hear. It takes effort to listen. So listening, in this case, to your heart and not your imagination or your NEFs, which means, you first of all, you have to be able to distinguish the difference. The NEFs are always going to point to me. It's all about me. I am the bottom line. I am the center of the universe. And you are just some kind of satellite in my solar system. What we try to do as Sufis is put Allah as the center of our universe and everything revolves around Him or them it. Yeah. So our job, like I said, is to recognize that Allah is everywhere in everything and to learn how to praise Him and to love him. He doesn't mess in our life. We come to him willingly. And that's, that's kind of what we're trying to learn. And Sheikh Tanner says, and it comes down to this, are you with Allah or not? Um, and, and he says also that Allah is trusting us to make the right decision. Now, if Allah is trusting us and is forgiving us for being stupid and making really stupid mistakes. We should pass that on too and pay it forward to those around us and be understanding, one, if I have nefs, you you have nefs. (laughs) So everybody has nefs. And to understand that we're all trying to get along. Some people have kind of a longer way to get to realizing that uh, some of us are face-to-face with our nests and go, yeah, I got got problems. But that doesn't mean that we can't learn from them. One of the the teachings of Sufism is that everyone you meet is your teacher. And that when somebody comes to you and they have a problem or they have something they're doing or they, they disturb you. There's something that that you find offensive about them. That's teaching you something. And your job is to decode what the lesson is. Sometimes, oh, I do that. That's me not liking me that I do that. Um, other times it's like, oh, that's a different way to look at things. Another thing is, everybody you meet has a specific reference point. Can you lock into that reference point and get that vocabulary and become interested in that person as a representative, that they represent a law, they're part of a law, and your job is to learn from them? Are you learning from them or are you getting in the way? Now, do you know what I mean by this? Does this Does this make sense? Or do you want me to elaborate more on that? Makes sense. So to me, I look at this as a way, as a practice, just as we have a practice of trying to be of service to other people uh, so that we are not thinking about ourselves. So doing zikr is a way of getting out of the way but also being of service to others is getting ourselves out of the way and being of being curious about other people and allowing them to talk and tell us about themselves does a lot of things both for them and for us. One, we're not thinking about ourselves. We're thinking about this other person. What do they have? To show me what why am I with this person? What do they have for me that I can find of interest and learn from? So this just happened to me the other day. I was at the doctor's getting a flu shot, and we're waiting for the doctor. It's a nurse that I'm seeing. And I I just start talking with her, and it turns out that I learned all about her past life, that she was a head nurse and was in charge of this whole hospital. And so I had lots of questions because, you know, of one of our murids was a doctor and had looked at hospital culture. And I was looking at that and going, so how does that work? What is What makes a good hospital? Uh, what, how does it work? She says, it's the nurses. I said, well, what about the doctors? She says, the doctors talk about the nurses, whether they're helpful, and, and positive and, and, and they can work with them. Doctors will go to where, to a hospital where the nurses are good and this was changing all my ideas about how hospitals work and I, and it was, I was learning a lot and at the same time this person is being asked about her life. Now what do you like to talk about most? You. You want people to hear you and be approving of you and respect you. And the best way to me, the idea of Sufism, in my view, is to bring peace to the world one person at a time. And if you can bring a person to talk about themselves in a way that you're hearing them and listening to them, it gives them a satisfaction and confidence and a sense of trust and peace, which brings them closer to Allah and makes them feel better and makes their life a little better. She says, "Yeah, and now I'm I'm doing this job, and I was at that job. I was there at six in the morning. I left seven at night. After 16 years, this is my rest and relaxation. This is my R and R. I don't have to work so hard. And I'm going, wow." That was quite a life you had, you know, this, this must feel really good. And, and letting her do the talking and following her and getting her points of reference for future discussions with other people who may be in the medical business, I now have some more information that I can use when I talk to anybody in that business. This is what I'm saying is learning different reference points means also learning vocabulary, perspective and um, their attitude and all the different factors that we can't get just by reading books or imagining. This is personal information that increases both your understanding of this person and that milieu, but it also helps them feel comfortable and safe and respected and appreciated. To me, this is where peace comes from. Non-peace, war, battles come from not feeling understood or feeling disconnected. What do you think? It was hard for me to get started doing this, uh, basically because I came from a very manic-depressive place. And I figured, you know what? I got to stop doing that. I got to find some way out of it. And I discovered, you know, I don't care about me. I don't want to know about me. I want to know about you. And I want to I want to learn about you. And so now I look for something that's interesting about the person. Maybe it's a scarf or a ring or a necklace or, or shoes or a skirt or pants or something that I can have an opening into that person's life and get to know them in a way that they feel known.
3: Do you go into interactions with people with a set of principles that you're gonna walk away with the uh, energy balance, which is positive for the person or at least neutral as opposed to negative. And as a result, do you tend to shy away from certain topics and? the judgments that you're drawing about the person because you can go and talk to a person and then they start saying stuff that you disagree with or or just stuff you're like what are you doing dude with your life or something but you don't want to say that because it makes it worse and then so how do you you know but the thing is I can't turn off my part of my brain which is always doing that anyway right to about myself or the world around me so we're keen to get your thoughts around. Um, it's interesting you say that you come from a manic depression background, so you decided and you made some changes, obviously, right? So I, too, have like been quite harsh on myself and stuff in the past. I'd be interested to get your thoughts around how do you, how do you create a positive energy Uh, Interaction with people on an ongoing, sustainable basis with everybody you meet, especially when you might be depleted or others might be depleted.
0: Okay, there's a couple questions in there. Sorry,
3: that was a red
0: and. Okay, let let me let me start with uh, one, which is like I said at the beginning. You have to know your own nafs. You can't just go in there and and imagine uh, that you're 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 okay. <clears throat> no, you're, you're messed up. You, you have a lot of faults and you have a lot of biases and you have a lot of enculturated paradigms that you have to recognize first before you start uh, going in on somebody else. Uh, and this re- also requires being aware of being judgmental. The, these, these have to be taken care of first, now, part of the process, of course, is learning how to serve others before yourself. But to do that, all this other work needs to be done as well. So first of all, you have to get to know your, your good and bad parts so that when you see somebody bringing in their NAFs, you know the difference. That's not my NAFs. That's your NAFs. You don't say this out loud, of course but you you recognize it and you go, okay, that's their nest and they want to, I don't know if I want to go there. Um, So you you move the conversation towards positive. Mm. Or you say, huh. (laughs) Huh. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. What, What do you do for work? Me? Yeah. You say you're right. I'm a cybersecurity
3: strategy consultant, so most of my time, I'm dealing with quite senior stakeholders in companies, trying to convince them that they need to buy our services. And so, to a large part, I have to portray a lot of confidence in what we sell, and portray that I know what they're doing really well and where their weaknesses are and get them to buy services from us. And those are usually not like products, they are services. So those are like consulting services, advice and guidance. And for that put it crudely, you have to make people feel not very confident so they think we are more confident so they
0: come to us. Sounds terrible, (laughs) I put it that way, but it's kinda my job. This is still the same thing. Mm. Even in sales, the more you get the person to talk about themselves, mm. the more trusting they'll be of you.
1: I find um, the reason I asked what you do is, is um, that I found in my job where I work with little people that the ones that are the most judgmental are actually the ones who are the least confident. The ones who are the most judgmental are also the ones who don't know their own weaknesses and it goes together. The lack of confidence is when you don't know your weaknesses. It's also built on fears. Exactly. So the ones that go around telling other people what to do, the kids that go around are the ones who are less developed um, emotionally and the ones that are uh, wanting to be superior because they actually feel inferior. Um, I guess you could probably apply that to companies as well. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. but, um, yeah, but again, like Shake says, it comes down to that trust thing. Like when you let a person give you all of the information instead of critiquing what they present, they will eventually give you what you're looking for a lot of the time. They'll give you They'll confess their own weaknesses. <laughs> they'll, they'll bring it up themselves. I'm having a lot of trouble with this because I trust you. I'm going to share this with you. And then you're like, awesome. Now I can sweep in and solve your problem. There you go.
3: Yes. I think reflecting on the other thing we were talking about in terms of having a positive conversation, sometimes I'm like, really, you know, the, the interactions I love having with people who I feel like, I have a positive energy balance after I've interacted with them, are people who see me for more than what I'm seeing myself. So sometimes I'll get so tied up in my stresses and nuffs and stuff that that'll become my whole world. And then there's some special people you'll interact with. They will see it. They'll recognize it. They might even engage me a little bit. But the whole time they see me for something a lot broader than that. Right, more expansive than that—not just this sole narrow laser focus on a bunch of problems that I've got in my life. And it—it's interesting you say that. Like, um, I think it does come to like. Maybe I think they are looking for that in me, so they get that out of me, and therefore I walk away thinking, "Yeah, I am something broader than these problems." I don't know if that makes sense.
0: I—I I get it. Yes. This is this is why it's also again being clear about your nafs, and especially after something like that, you want to put get your feet back on the ground. Maybe even do a prayer.
1: Been reflecting recently on how much um, alone, how important alone time is, and I'm someone who used to want to be alone all the time, just because I was overwhelmed a lot. But these days, it's not so much about that. It's more about, well, when I'm by myself, I know that everything that's going wrong is my fault. Or <laughs> we'll put it that way, I'm, the only NAPS that's around is my NAPS. So it's clearer to see, okay, that's me. <laughs> but then you go in, join other people again, you go, oh, no, that wasn't there before. That must be you. <laughs> So that's the only way you can tell because otherwise if it's always mixed up, it's all a mush and you don't know what's coming from who. Yeah. Um, but when you get a bit of time to yourself, you get to know where, where you sit.
0: Being clear about what UNFs are does take some alone time. It takes meditation, reflection, zikr, raguta, and shutting up. And then, then you can listen to the, uh, the hecklers in the crowd, the nefs. They'll go, "I should be first. I. Sh- what about me? I need to be have. I need attention and uh, uh, affection too. And, um, and then, you know, you know what needs to be done. But you, you need to hear your own nefs." And what they're looking for, and then learn, you know, strategically how to either ignore them or shut them up or do whatever necessary to excise them, to eschew them, to get rid of them or to put them in the background. Uh, Just because you ignore them doesn't mean that they go away. Some nefs need specific activities to reduce their effect. Yeah, Emily.
1: Um, I remember you once saying the only good de- good naps is a dead naps. <laughs> <laughs> Which I liked. <laughs> but on the other hand, <laughs> as I get older, um, and I don't know about Wiser, but definitely older, I just feel like there are some patterns and habits that they're really ingrained, and they don't they don't just get gone like that. Like they're not just no. dead. No, but that, they're more like weeds. You know, like if you don't keep tending to them, they'll grow back.
0: Yeah. Well, as as you begin to become familiar with your own nephs, you can then begin to see the landscape, and yeah. you can begin to see, okay, well, these this is what I've got to deal with here. This I've cleared this away. This old refrigerator isn't going anywhere in my back lot of neph's.
1: Yeah, yeah. But i not really doing all that harm, so it can stay. Yeah, uh, you
0: know, I, I know it's there, and I, I can't move it. Nobody's going to help me move it. Uh, at least I've gotten rid of the broken glass.
1: Right. Yes.
0: And, and there's no more rats. Because I clean out the garbage.
1: Thank you. It makes me feel a lot more hopeful when I see it that way.
0: Yeah, um, there's some stuff that's that's just. I'm get
1: rid of all this, it's going to be gone, and it's like, but it's, it doesn't seem to ever be really completely gone. <laughs> it's always there's always something there, you know, like.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I wanted I wanted to give hope in the beginning. There that, you Yes, you can do this. It's more like the boot camp talk. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Yeah. rukaya
2: um, I was just gonna say, so basically, a good NAFS is a dormant NAF.
1: Yeah. Is it what?
2: Active, horrible, face sort of ones. What dormant.
1: What? A dormant, right? Dormant. Oh yeah.
2: yeah. So it's it's the fridge that's sitting there doing nothing. Like a it's volcano. Still there, but it's not actively impacting your life and other people's lives. Uh, it's really it's not. The one, it's one that you've worked on a bit, but right now you've got to work on other ones. Is that kind of right, Shay?
0: Um, some NAFs, this, this is case specific. This is not, I can't generalize this because each NAFs is its own particular mm, mine of stuff. Some are connected. Some You can't really go down further until you've taken care of this stuff clear this away, and now we can get into this part here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've noticed that as well, that over time you sort of figure out suddenly you think you're getting rid of all this stuff, and then that's just a layer on top of deeper stuff. But you've gotten further because you understand it better in a way. Like even though there's more and it's deeper than you thought, it's sort of more, you have a better understanding of what you need to do.
0: Yeah, there's there's some... There's some that are tied together, but you don't. You can't get to that knot until you go through this one, and then you see, oh, it's connected to this one, and then this one is like, now we got to work on this.
2: That makes a lot of sense, Jake. I was doing some weeding um, a couple of days ago, I think it was, and yeah, I had this patch where they used to be a plant. Um, and I got rid of it but the weeds come up. So there was some like wild grass, which was like, okay, I know how to address you. But then there was this one big, massive prickly, thistle, horrible thing. And it was like, I can't get to you until I get through the little stuff. Exactly. It's yeah. still going to hurt when I do touch you. And that was not nice. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> it's, it's about, okay, I can do a little bit of work on this and just like down so that I'm not getting hurt by it while I'm working on the little stuff.
0: And think of it this way too. The more work you do on fighting and working out the nefs, the better you get. And not only that, but when you get, when you clear out a nefs, that energy comes back to you to work on the next batch. And I I think of it as, I've, I've said this before, I think of it as an onion skin that you get through these different layers and you keep working your way through until they're not so impactful on your life. Or at least you can recognize them and go, no, go away. Okay? Katie, makes sense to you? Yeah? Remember, all this is so that you can be with Allah, to connect with Allah. The nafs, I think of as jamming frequencies. You want to get them out of the way so that you can be with Allah more. The point is not to fight the nafs for their own sake. It's for Allah's sake.
1: That's right, because you can end up being obsessed with clearing the garden and not ever sit down and enjoy it.
2: That is so true, Mui.
1: Sorry, is was just taking in the metaphor further.
0: Yeah 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 and and there's the, there's there's those that end up becoming psychotherapists who who think they they understand the mind. and it's kind of like, no, nope, you missed it. Mm-hmm. So yes, anything can become an obsession, and another ne's in its place. Eesmaahib bin Asher Tanner regime. Bismillah, Rahman, Rahim. Alhamdulillah, Rabil Alamin, Rahmanir Rahim. Maariki yomadin. Yaqinab Yakana yaqinastain. Inna s-siratamustakim. Sarata Aziin an anta lighyam. Hayru'l maghdubi lighyam. Walladari. Amen. One more thing. P. P.S. Prayer, as Sheikh Tanner says is your miharaj, your journey. That's the purpose of prayer, to take you in a vehicle of some sort to Allah. Okay. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa And if anybody wants to talk, I'm
3: around for a
0: while. trying to say, that was really helpful, thank you. You're welcome.
3: Everybody Thank have
0: Assalamu alaikum, marids, seekers, curious and interested listeners. We appreciate you and are happy to share our Sufi message. Your donation will help support our Sufi center in Sydney, where we do zikr, sobet, spiritual counseling and healing services. We believe the message should be free, but it costs equipment, rental services, software, and hardware to get this to you. So thank you for choosing our podcast among all the millions available. If you go to our website, AnsariSufiOrder.org, you will be able to donate through PayPal whatever you think this information is worth to you. Blessings and love, the Australian Ansari Sufi Order.